Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the LIBF Mortgage Podcast Series. I hope you are all well and continue to enjoy the discussions we host on our Banking and Finance Podcast channel. So, for those of you new to the channel who've not heard my dulcet tones before, my name is Gordon Reid and I'm a Business Development Manager here at the London Institute of Banking and Finance. Today, we're really going to be talking to those of you who are quite new to the industry. We'll be talking to you about how you can secure a role as a mortgage advisor, what the different possible career journeys look like, some of the positives and potential pitfalls of the different options, how you can make yourself attractive to potential employers, and once you have secured a role, what the early keys to success are. The recording should last approximately 45 to 50 minutes, and joining me today to share their experience and expertise, we have one returning podcaster and two new victims. Uh, sorry, I mean volunteers. So firstly, I am delighted to welcome back the very lovely Sonia Matharu from The Mortgage Mum. Sonia, it's great to have you join us again. And for those listeners who didn't have the benefit of your wisdom in your previous appearance on our podcast back in March, would you just like to share a bit about your background in the mortgage industry? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for um, having me again. Um, so, yes, I'm Sonia. I'm a senior broker at The Mortgage Mum. I have been in the industry, I think, coming up to seven or eight years now. Um, and, yes, yeah, so I started off as a PA to a mortgage broker and um, kind of worked my way from there to um, a broker. And now I am also a mentor and help with the recruitment of new brokers coming into the industry as well. So which is lovely to be a part of. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Fabulous. Thanks, Sonia. So that's a, that's really interesting. Your your mentorship and, and some of your experience of mentoring new uh, yeah. mortgage advisors will be really useful in this discussion. So great to have you join us again. And thank you thank very much. You. for that. Secondly, I'd like to welcome Claire Race, mortgage manager for NatWest. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to have representation from one of the biggest lenders in the country. Again, would you like to just tell listeners a little bit about your journey into mortgage advice? Yeah, thanks, Greg. So um, I've worked for NatWest for about just been up 18 years, um, not in mortgages for that whole time, but I've been in mortgages for about 10 or 11 years. Started as an advisor with them, um, went through my CMAP exams through the LIBF. And now I'm a mortgage manager, so I support a team of advisors um, within NatWest. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you did do your qualifications through the LIBF. So, that, so that's great. So, um, so finally, and last but by no means least, it's also fantastic to be joined by Greg Smith, Senior Training Manager at the Just Mortgages Network. Uh, and now those of you who have listened to previous episodes will know we've been lucky enough to be joined by Greg's colleague, Neil McAllister. And, and Greg, I'm sure you'll contribute just as much as he did. So, so no pressure there. Uh, but thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, and uh, yeah, again, it'd be really good to hear a little bit about your background and, and your experience in the mortgage industry, which I believe also has a bit of a NatWest connection. It certainly does. It certainly does. Um, so, yeah, I, I am senior training manager at Just Mortgages and I've been there four years now. But prior to that, I also spent 18 years at NatWest. So um, so I've been in the financial services industry quite some time. Um, I, I guess my NatWest role um, was, was where I built up a lot of my experience and it started off in retail banking I became a mortgage advisor um, I became a mortgage area manager who had different job titles at the time Claire and um, it's very similar to what you do 
no doubt. Um, so it was a mortgage area manager, and then I went into the training team, and I was effectively uh, running the mortgage advisory induction, and also what was called the manager in um, manager induction program, the MIP. So that's where I was training mortgage advisors and managers, and then I had the call to come to work for just mortgages. So I um so I came here, and I've been pretty much building using all of my experience um, that I've got from NatWest into the world of just mortgages. So we now train new brokers, we support existing brokers, um, we support existing managers, we train new managers. So all of that training is really valuable. So um, yeah, that's me. Fabulous. Thank you, Greg. So great variety of experience on the call. Uh, And Sonia, at this point, I need to tell you, you're the odd one out on the call because uh, way back in my career history, I also worked for NatWest, um, oh. but, only, but only for three years, and I never <laughs> sold mortgages working for NatWest. So uh, my, my career journey sounded very like Greg's, only mine was at Nationwide rather than at NatWest, but I, I was at NatWest before. So there we go. Oh, so, I don't so- know if this counts, though, but my very first mortgage that I placed was with NatWest, funnily enough. Oh, well, there you go. So there you that go. could be my little my little in. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant thank you <laughs> so okay so a bit of a NatWest loving apologize for that for any other any other lenders or any other banks or any other building societies brokers etc that are listening to this um but i promise you i didn't actually know that when we uh when we set up the uh, <laughs> when we set up the uh the guests for this particular episode so what i want to do is i want to start off by asking a question that i've been asked quite a few times since i joined the LIBF um, by people who are who are looking to get into mortgage advisor roles. They'll often say, so do I have to complete my mortgage qualification before securing a role as a mortgage advisor? So if I can throw that open to the panel, I don't know who wants to pick up that question first. Do I have to complete it? That's the question. I'm happy to jump in on that one. Um, yeah, please do, Greg. I'll give you two answers. Um, no, you don't. But it does help from time to time. So um, if, if I talk from a just mortgages point of view, we, we've got an academy program that we run here um, and it, it's, it's over a five week period. And the first two weeks when someone joins the academy is basically seen up one. So you can join the academy having never sold mortgages before. Um, go through your CMAP one in the first two weeks. And then after those two weeks, we dedicate the extra three weeks to focusing on getting um, individuals ready for life as an advisor. So there's lots of systems, behavioral training going on on those three weeks. Um, Sometimes people do look for um, individuals to have gained CMAP. So it does, it does help you, but it's not a mandatory. You don't have to have it and particularly not here at just mortgages. And Greg, am I right in saying that at Just Mortgages, you don't necessarily take your academy uh, graduates through the rest of CMAP straight away? Not straight away. No. What what we want to try and get people to do is understand the role. Um, the, the role of a broker, he, there's a lot of plates to spin uh, and it's a very busy role. Um so what we want to try and get people to, to understand is, yeah, we'll give you CMAP one, which will allows you to trade. And then um, there's there's a period of time that we kind of get people to focus on making sure that they understand the role, the pressures that go with it, and, and get a bit of a routine going before we then 
um, provide CMAP 2 and 3, but we do provide CMAP 2 and 3 supported, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's, you know, you've just touched on a point which I think a lot of people don't realise, which is that the regulator does allow somebody to trade uh, without having completed the whole qualification for a certain period of time. Uh, but again, goes back to potentially the point you made quite early, but is it worthwhile completing it? Is it actually beneficial to complete it in advance? So I'm just interested. What, what's the approach at, at NatWest, Claire? What's the, how do they do it there? So uh, it, it depends. So quite similar to, to Greg's answer, really, in that we will have advisors or people that come through as advisors that already work for the branch or for the bank, sorry. Um, and then we'll have people that will take on advisors from external. Um, Generally, most of the people that we take on from external normally are already mortgage advisors, but not always. Um, so, again, most of those, I would say, in general, will have the, the, the CMAP or equivalent qualifications already. Um, but some don't. It's, it's more about getting the right person. Um, from an internal perspective, I would say probably more often than not, somebody that's successful in, in getting a role in, internally probably doesn't already have the, the qualification um, and then they would go through it prior to trading. Um, we do, before an advisor trades with NatWest, we do insist that they're through one, two and three before they start to trade. So a slightly different approach than than, than goes through just mortgages. But um, yeah, e- either way, really, like you said, though, very much it, it's always going to be a positive, you know, if, if there's a choice between if you've not got it or if you have, obviously it's, it's always going to be a bonus if you've already got that. Yeah, I think the key thing that you perhaps touched on there, both of you, is that just having the qualification doesn't necessarily mean you've got the right skill set and the right approach to being mm-hmm. a mortgage advisor because they're two different things. And, and, and Sonia, I know you do quite a bit of work with the, your new advisors at uh, the Mortgage Mum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what's what's your approach there? Is it any different to, to what Greg and Claire have described? Yeah, so um, at the mortgage mum, at recruit, um, at the point of recruitment, we would like to see. Um, that they've got their CMAP or at least CMAP one and two with the view to have completed the whole um, qualification by the point of like joining us. Um, but we do have a recruitment process. So, you know, where we give them, you know, as much information on the role as, um, so on the role of a mortgage broker from the perspective of, you know, what it's like um, to be a broker, um, what goes into it, because, you know, it is completely different, I think, to the job description that is available online. <laughs> and um, I think giving them a feel for for what that is, um, is really key before they go on to see, you know, whether it is for them or not, whether they go on to complete their qualifications. So we give them that information as early as possible so that they can make that informed decision. Um, and then if they do want to come on and join with the mortgage mum, they would need to look at getting their, their CMAP qualification so that they are ready to go um, when they join um, for our intake. Yeah, fab. Thank you. Thanks for that, Sonia. So so it does what it demonstrates, just just listening to the three of you, is it does demonstrate there's quite a few different ways of, of actually getting into the market in the first place. Um, and that, you know, that's changed substantially for the length of time. You know, when I was doing mortgages back in the 1980s, there was effectively probably two ways. You either you either got a job with a lender um, or you were probably working for an estate agent. There simply wasn't the range of options that there are available now. So I suppose that does 
pose a, a, another question. So if I'm looking to get into, I, I've decided my career ambition is I want to be a mortgage advisor. I've looked up certain things about the, the qualification, etc. What are the different, you know, what would you suggest? What would be the different routes I should consider and what should I be doing to try and secure myself a role in the first place? So again, any anybody want to pick up that question first on the panel? Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. Um, yeah, go for it, I really believe it depends on you as an individual, as a person and what your personality type is. Um, because there are some people that would go straight into being an advisor um, with no experience um, of the role or anything like that. But they've got that confidence in themselves that they can absolutely do it and go for it. Um, so that will be their first step. They'll go straight in at being a, a broker or an advisor. Um, me personally, I was introduced to the world of mortgages and um, mortgage brokering um, by complete accident. And I was quite young and didn't have a lot of confidence in, you know, what I was capable of. Um, but like I said at the beginning, I got a temporary job as a PA to a mortgage broker and that was my insight. And I thought because of that close experience I had, I thought I could do this. But if I was looking at the job on online or something like that, the description of it, I would have probably just flicked past it and thought that is not for me. I was deemed not very academic at school and had very little confidence in anything that I perceived as, you know, like a, a brainy job <laughs> like this. Um, and I would literally just scroll past it. So I think my introduction got me to where I am now because I had that insight from the inside and I could visualize myself doing it. And it kind of made sense. I saw it beyond the job description. Um, and I, want, I knew very soon starting that I wanted to become a broker, but to help me with my confidence, because it was a new thing to me. And I was, you know, like I said, lacking in that confidence. I wanted to go from PA to mortgage administrator. And then uh, whilst I was doing my um, CMAP qualifications, obviously working as an um, administrator, so getting the inside knowledge that way as well. And then once I completed my CMAP qualifications, I then felt comfortable enough to start being a broker. Um, but that was, like I said, that's my personal experience and how I wanted to do things and I'm sure there's probably other people that you know will resonate with that as well but then at the same time if you don't have that like those issues that I had you can absolutely you know dive straight in but I think it was really like really important to share because I know there are I wouldn't be the only one that felt like that yeah no that's fine Sonia and, and interesting enough I'd say for a parallel I had the opportunity to uh, I didn't have an official title of mortgage administrator, but I certainly had a lot of opportunities to, to administer mortgages long before I started selling them, uh, mm -hmm. which gave me a great background there, gave me a good background. So yeah. that's good from that point of view. What about yourselves, Greg, Claire, anything different? What would your approaches be if you were looking to get into the mortgage market now? Um, I, I hope you don't mind me jumping in, Claire, actually. I'll try not to try not to add in too much from in that West point of view <laughs> here, because I know we've both got possibly similar thoughts but um th th there's so many options now i completely um, understand sonia's um journey as well because when i first did my cmap uh, i struggled and um and i finally got through it but i knew i wanted to do the job so having that 
internal drive really helped because I just thought, you know, I, I do want to do this job. I understand the job. Um, so luckily I had the support there when at NatWest, they put me through the CMAP. Um, this was many moons ago, so it's probably very different now. Um, so in terms of different roles, well, I suppose, again, I can only really talk from the company that I work for at the moment. I've already mentioned the academy. We, we do have an academy program that caters for people who have never done the job before. And before we do the academy program, we, we do like an academy assessment day where prospective candidates can come and hear from us on, on the course of the day and understand a little bit more about the role before they decide that actually, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, apart from that, though, we've got a traditional induction. So anybody who has been a mortgage advisor before, um, who's got CMAP uh, either one or two and three, um, can join via an, an induction program that we have. So we, we do support and, and recruit um, brokers who have either a broker or a mortgage advisor from your traditional lenders who want a change of scenery. Um, we've got an admin team. So we've got our Sheffield admin team and there's also one in Kent where we um, our brokers have support via the admin um, members of staff. So you could potentially come in um, and, and start a bit like, I guess, like what Sonia mentioned uh, in terms of having a PA, um, almost like broker support. And then you might want to progress your way into the role of an advisor when you've learned a little more about what the job's about. We've actually just launched something else, which is called Just Learning. Um, so this is something my boss, Rodney Sloan, has been um, eager to, to kind of get into the world of just mortgages, where it's a venture where it's more of a commercial venture where an individual might decide that they want to go and get their CMAP qualifications off their own back. Uh, and if they want to do that, they'll go off and pay to get the CMAP themselves before they decide to put themselves into the role and just to, I guess, understand whether they actually want to do the role, really. Um, so we're going to be running this off offering around the country at various locations. And then on the first week, we'll provide people with the CMAP because that's what they're paid to do. And on the second week, if they decide to go for the second week, we'll give them an understanding of what the job is all about. So we're trying to cover all angles, really. Um, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that I think people struggle sometimes about financial services is getting a break into financial services so we're trying to cater for people who are after that initial break but obviously we're also trying to cater for people who are already there and are just looking for a change of scenery or or wondering whether they want to dip their toe in the water um just picking up from that and claire i hope you don't mind if i uh, if i pose this question to you as a bit of a follow-up so to what extent do you find that the people who you are recruiting actually approach you in the first place, you know, expressing an interest either internally or externally to NatWest? And to what extent are you recruiting people purely off the back of when you actually advertise for a position? You get many people actually coming to you and saying, I want to be a mortgage advisor. So certainly from an internal perspective, yeah, um, not so much. From my, I, I wouldn't say that I've had people approach me externally as much. So now and again, sometimes if, if you know somebody out and about or something, they might mention it. But certainly from an internal perspective, um, in fact, only yesterday I had a, a, a follow up email from somebody who'd contacted me a few months ago um, just to kind of remind me of, of them to just keep them in mind if anything comes up. 
Um, we haven't been recruiting at the moment, so we just wanted to make sure that I hadn't forgotten him. But um, yeah, I would I would definitely say from an from an internal perspective, um, even before we advertise, even if somebody hasn't specifically come and said that they want to that they're interested, you kind of aren't surprised, I would say, sometimes by some of the names that you see. They're sort of people we've already potentially built relationships with, um, with the way that the branch network works or, or what the way the mortgages works within that West. So we're kind of split between two two ways of doing it. So we have a, a direct mortgage centre, which is um, based in Birmingham. And then we, um, we've also got one in Greenock. Um, and then we also have the, the face-to-face advisors that pre-COVID were, were all based in branches, um, but at the moment are now the majority of them work from home. So we kind of cover it in two different ways, if you like. Um, and certainly the what we would deem as the face-to-face team, the, what were branch advisors um, that now work from home, they have a lot of relationships that they build already with within the branches and within Premier Banking. Um, and a lot, a lot of people from those sorts of areas will then move forward to, you know, to, to want to progress within the mortgage world. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, it is just it's just really interesting. that I know something I was reflecting on earlier was the fact that I think a lot of people who are new to the industry don't actually understand things like the mortgage networks. You know, so they don't, you know, it's easy for me if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking for a job as a mortgage advisor, it's fairly natural for me to think, oh, I should recruit, I should potentially approach lenders. Um, and, and I might think about estate agents and I might think about local financial advisors, but I think, you know, how many people are fully aware of just how many mortgage networks that are out there that, that can really support people with those early stages of their careers. Um, you know, and I'm I'm well aware that both Just and the Mortgage Mum, you do lots and lots of work to market yourselves and to make people aware um, of of the opportunities that are in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I think information is key, and I know when I started out, I started out with one firm, and when you don't have that experience and you're coming into the industry, you you don't know what you don't know. And um, you don't know, like, that all firms don't, like, not all firms are directly authorised and that there are appointed representatives, but also you don't know what that means and what that means for you as an advisor or as an employee of that company and things like that. So I think, you know, giving people an insight into all of these things and all of these options so that they can, you know, at least navigate where they kind of navigate our industry and, um, try to almost, you know, see themselves and where they fit at the stage that they are in their journey is really key. And that's something that's really important to us at The Mortgage Mum. To Sarah, the managing director and I have created a course literally for this in mind of giving um, people who are potentially considering becoming a broker and advisor or, you know, whether they're qualified or not, um, just an insight into our industry what's available and kind of where they go at the stage that they are um because yeah it's the information that I wish I had at the start of my career I know it's information that Sarah um wishes she had and other people in our industry wish they had as well so I think we do have a responsibility in our industry to provide as much of this information as possible so that we can encourage new talent into our industry so that it's not you know, a one size kind of fits all like this is what we do 
Um, and if you don't see us yourselves here with us, then the industry is not for you because everybody operates so differently in this industry. And I think there is a place potentially for a lot of people to join. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so it's interesting that listening again to what you were saying and what Greg was saying earlier, both just and the mortgage mum are trying to do a lot to educate people who are coming into the industry or potentially coming into the mm-hmm. industry. I suppose the challenge is how do we make people aware that that education is there in the first place? How do they find out about it in the first place? And I suppose that's where I would say, you know, if you are interested in getting into the mortgage industry, particularly as a mortgage advisor, get onto things like LinkedIn. Get on to things like find out who the mortgage networks are, because there are lots of them. Yes, contact the lenders, but contact the mortgage networks. Find out, you know, find out who looks after your local mortgage broker. Who is it that they go to to get their compliance or to get their training? You know, and actually, I was funnily enough, spookily enough. My next question, Sonia, you touched on this a minute ago. You, you talked about being directly authorized or an appointed mm. representative and that's that is one of the expressions that if you've never worked in the mortgage industry before or financial services at least you probably wouldn't have a clue what that means no. so 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 can somebody just give me you know as a as an ignoramus can somebody just give me a, a very simple explanation what's the difference between being directly authorized and an appointed representative didn't want to, somebody want to pick that one up greg you you look like you're about to speak oh. <laughs> Go on then. I, I, I think I've been thrown under the bus on this one. Um, right. Um, I'm not sure I can give a, a short answer, so I'll try my best. Um, just mortgages, I'll use as an example. Um, just mortgages are an appointed representative of a principal firm called Openwork. So Openwork have been around for about 45 years. They're a network and they are directly authorised by the FCA. So we as a company operate underneath OpenWork. So we get lots of support from OpenWork because of that. Um, directly authorised, NatWest um, are, are directly authorised by the FCA. So they report to the FCA, a bit like OpenWork report directly to the FCA. So they are what you would call a principal firm. Whereas, um, so, so the directly authorised people are a principal firm, whereas the appointed representative work for the principal firm. Does that okay. help? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a nice, yeah, that's a nice simple explanation. So, so it means that again, you know, just following that through. And so I as a mortgage advisor, I, I could in theory set myself up as a mortgage broker. And I could apply for direct authorization from the FCA. Could, in theory. Mm-hmm. Probably new to the industry, quite difficult to do. But there may be some people who do choose to go that route. So again, I'm just interested, you know, well, well, let's think about, let's think about the, um, appointed representative route then. You know, what are the advantages? What is it? For example, if we take the, the just example that Greg just gave, gave us there, what is it that open work will do or what is it that the principal firm will do for you as a mortgage advisor, which otherwise you would have to do for yourself? Um, I think, well, I think being an appointed representative, there's a lot of security around you. 
um, being directly authorised, you are solely responsible. If you are a, a point of representative, you have got that network around you providing you with security and support, um, which I think is really key when you're starting out in the industry, because that is what you need when you first come in, I think, personally, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, point of representatives, they don't necessarily have to worry about um like implementing like the policies or following policies and procedures because what they do is they follow the network so the network learn about everything that they need to know and they feed it down to the um to to the the firms and the brokers within them and you kind of just follow what they say and which then enables you especially at the beginning of your career you can then solely focus on focus on learning the job doing learning the job doing the job building up your client base and kind of doing you know the best bits of um of the role um if you know compliance isn't your kind of thing um but obviously the networks are responsible for keeping you compliant so you know like i said there's lots of support there the other additional support which is really great um is you know broker support desks so you know helping placing cases like running through lenders criteria and things like that but also case checking and keeping you compliant and making sure you're doing everything you need to to protect yourself and your clients as well. So I think the key with that is, you know, the structure that's there. Um, and again, from our experience, because um, the mortgage mum are appointed representatives of mortgage intelligence. And when we are recruiting new brokers, the structure that um, being a um, AR um, is really appreciated. You know, there's a lot of one to one meetings and um one-to-one training and bits like that and I feel like they just there's a lot of hand-holding I would say which is you know very welcome when you are starting out in the industry. Brilliant thanks for that Sonia. Um, Claire so just to follow up to that then how would you say that differs at, at somewhere like NatWest which as uh, as we talked about um, is itself NatWest is directly authorised but obviously your advisors themselves are authorised representatives of NatWest. So how is it any different for them? Yeah, so obviously from, from an advisor perspective with us, so we've, we've fairly recently changed our modelling slightly actually. So uh, prior to that, an advisor would kind of do everything from, from the customer very first wanting to start looking at the mortgage application right the way through to, um, to, to completing the application and, and forging up to the underwriters and, and seeing it right through to completion. Um, now we've split off the role slightly. So we, we've sort of split it into two different sides to the role, if you like. So um, an advisor, first of all, would speak with a customer once, they, once they've had an initial chat with somebody and, and they know that they want to progress. Um, they'll go through with um, a, a qualified mortgage advisor, the income and expenditure side of things, but they don't actually go through the advice. Then they see a second mortgage advisor. Um, and then they would go through the advice part of the process where they're recommending which which product we'd go with and the overall term and things like that. So um, and that advisor is then responsible for the compliance for their side. Of, so, so each of the advisors sorry, are responsible for their compliance for each part of the application. Um, what they don't have to consider is obviously the running of a business side of it. Um, we have, you know, credit policies written for us. All of our, our guidance we need to follow is very much all in one place. The advisor's job is to, to follow that. Um, and the business that we get is obviously already generated through the branches or through the call centres and things like that. There's no uh, generation from that perspective, a- apart from the stuff that we get from sort of uh, referrals and things like that. 
Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that, that's very much my experience with uh, a major lender as well. And, and I think that's interesting because it, what it demonstrates is that there are different opportunities, but there are different challenges. Um, let nobody tell you that one way in is easier than the other, but they're a little bit different. They're a little bit different. And they don't necessarily transfer over because I, I'm certainly aware of, of plenty of people who uh, came to work for us having worked for a brokerage previously and, and really struggled. But equally, I'm aware of people who work for lenders think that they can transfer their skills across to work for a broker and, and actually don't have the right skill set at all. Uh, certainly don't necessarily have the business acumen. Greg, I suppose an interesting question just to follow up on this, though, is even within that appointed representative versus directly authorized route and particularly at brokerages there's there's also the difference between self-employed and employed now i don't know what you do at just do you have a mixture of employed and self-employed and again what would you say that the the significant differences from the advisor's perspective are um we we do have we, we cater for both um we we are essentially just mortgages is a um a firm within a firm of an of a bigger estate agency company called Spicer Heart. So within just mortgages, we've got employed mortgage advisors across the branch network. Um, we've also got a new homes team, which will um, obviously work more remotely. They're, they're not branch based; they're more remote based um, and work within the the new homes division. We've then got the self employed. Um, um, so these are advisors who choose not to necessarily go directly authorised um, and they, they choose to operate under the Just Mortgages brand. So Just Mortgages then provide lots of um, support. So from a compliance point of view, from a marketing point of view, from a digital marketing point of view, um, there's uh, training as well, obviously factors into that as well. So the, the, I suppose the one thing that you've got to consider when you are going self-employed is from a financial point of view, how you want to operate your business and what you want your model to be. Um, for people to operate under the Just Mortgages banner, then clearly there's a financial aspect that needs to be discussed um, when, when joining. But by paying for the services under Just Mortgages, they don't then have to go and do that themselves. So if, if you were directly authorised, you, you would have to deal with your own marketing, you would have to uh, deal with your own compliance, etc. cetera. Um, whereas here at Just Mortgages, we, we're there all the way for you. So we'll give you all of the support you need to succeed as an employed mortgage advisor, whether you're experienced new entrant or an inexperienced new entrant, um, and if you decide that actually neither of those routes for you and you go down, maybe the just learning route, you get your seam up yourself and you decide you want to go self-employed straight away, we can allow you to do that with us um, and, and support you all the way that way as well. So there's lots of avenues within our company. Yeah, I think that does demonstrate it does demonstrate some of the the. The challenges, if you like, as well as the opportunities, because there are so many things to consider. You know, we've talked about the, you know, directly authorized versus appointed representative. We talked about the employed versus self-employed. And I suppose it, it, it comes to something that Sonia said earlier. It's often going to be about what your individual personality type is like and what your own experience is like. 
Um, so, guys, um, getting towards the end of the uh, the recording, but I've got a couple of other questions that uh, I'd really be interested in your views. So, supposing somebody has decided that before getting uh, looking to secure a role, they, they're going to take the qualification, they're going to undertake CMAP, uh, and they've completed that. Uh, they, they've completed that. What else can they do? What can you do to make yourself more attractive to a prospective employer? network, um, brokerage, local brokerage that, that might attract them to you as a, uh, a, as a prospective advisor? Shall I jump on that one? Please do. Please do, um, Greg. Stalk them. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and I'm joking apart. Uh, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier on and LinkedIn plays a huge part today and it, and it plays a huge part in our recruitment process as well um and even when i was looking for another role um i used linkedin and that's how i secured my role so connect with people follow people um comment on their posts make your post um make, make your page active um you got the responsibility if you are going to be using linkedin to make sure that your profile is up to date as well um, put in your qualifications and any achievements that you've actually made, but get in contact with people um, and, and, and speak to people. And you can follow and talk to various people across various different um, companies, networks, etc. cetera. Um, but just put yourself out there. Anything you want to add to that, ladies? Yeah, I'll, I'll completely, um, completely agree with, with, with Greg, you know, getting to, to know who you're wanting to perhaps um, apply for, so your prospective employers and firms. Um, I would also say, you know, when speaking um, with um, your prospective employers or firms is that um, going beyond the initial requirements. So, you know, say if you've got your CMAP, like you've got your CMAP, that's great, but what's your plan of action um, if you were to, to join this firm? So, how are you going to, if you haven't got a client bank already, what are your ideas with, with getting a client bank and, um, you know, presenting your ideas there, getting on social media, utilising the various platforms, um, you know, having an element of personal branding as well, um, building up an audience because effectively that audience is soon going to become your potential clients as well. So I think, yeah, just um, almost effectively having a little business plan um, which, you know, can sound quite scary to somebody um, that perhaps hasn't had to thought of anything like that. But it doesn't have to be anything, you know, too intense. It's essentially where you're going to get your business from. What are your ideas initially? And then, you know, hopefully your firm, depending on who they are, but from us as, um, you know, the mortgage mum, we would work with you and build upon that. So you coming to us with your ideas and then we will help you you know, grow with those and add to them and watch it kind of all flourish, really. Um, but that's my, I would say, my advice. Fabulous. Thanks, Sonia. Thanks, Sonia. And, and I suppose last question to the panel then. So once I've secured a position as a mortgage advisor, you know, what are the keys to making a success of this? What is it that, you know, what is it you're looking for? If you are managing Claire, for example, you're managing a new mortgage advisor, what are you looking for from them that, that indicates to you that, they're going to be really good at this. So I would definitely say from an Atlas perspective, it's it's everything we do is focused on the customer journey. So that needs to be the number one focus. Um, 
So certainly within all the aspects of what you do, not just about the compliance side of it, but it's always about, you know, how, how good are we, are we making the journey for the customer? That's a really, really crucial thing um, to ask lots of questions. I think the more people want to learn and they want to get better, the easier it is to support them to, to do that. Um, and for them to feel that if they're unsure of something or if they think they've made a mistake, that they feel comfortable that they can share that to, to learn from it. And um, and, that you know, they're, they're going to be able to get the support they need rather than, you know, being told you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. But I think learning, you know, and from the, the uh, other advisors around them as well. So um, I would definitely say for somebody coming into it, even if you, you've not yet secured a role um, or if you have, the more you can observe and listen and learn from the your peers and that do that role um, to kind of draw from their experiences, I, I think is huge. And and actually, I know I've got a, a new advisor coming into my team now who, who we're just getting to, to CAS status. And actually, it won't just be me and her working together that will get her there. It's, it's the whole of the team together, giving her that support. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we try and instill within the team that, that we very much, even though we might all be very remote these days and we only see each other on Zoom mostly, um, very much that kind of team ethos really makes a, a big, big difference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think one of the key, you talked about learning there, and I think one of the key things to realize is that even if you've been in the mortgage industry 10, 15, even 20 years, you're always learning because there is so much change mm. and there's so much going on. So so I suppose one of the bits of one of the crumbs of comfort I'd offer to anyone new to the mortgage industry who who might be feeling slightly overwhelmed at times is to just realize that. You know, even the most experienced advisors are always learning something new, uh, which is obviously something really close to my heart, to Greg's heart, to Sonia's heart. Claire, so absolutely, it's something I always say to um, new brokers that join um, the mortgage mum that we work with is. The, the sooner you can let go of wanting to know everything, <laughs> like the better it will be for you. Because once you accept you're never going to know everything in this industry, like the better, like your mental, like <laughs> will be. Because they're so keen and they just want to know. They want to be the best at everything, but you're not going to know. It's an ever-evolving industry. I think the criteria is constantly changing. Regulations are constantly changing. You learn on the go a lot. Um, and I think once you make peace with that, the more enjoyable it becomes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I, I, that really resonates with me. I know when I, I changed roles from my previous job in the bank to then becoming a mortgage advisor, that's one thing I really struggled with was I knew my old job inside out and suddenly I was doing this job that I didn't know inside out. And actually for me, that, that likes to, you know, what, know what's going on and stuff. Yeah. I really struggled with that. I knew I would love the job, but I probably quite strongly disliked it for a period of time because yeah. of that, you know, that, that kind of unsettled period. So that, that's a really key thing to, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I, I normally say to people the first three months in any new job, it's going to be where you're going through this emotional roller coaster and, and you're up and down, but you've just got to remember everything that you both said. Every day is a school day. And um, yeah. I've been doing it 20 odd years and I'm still learning stuff. I just, can I just throw one last thing in as well? Yeah, before? of course. Um, I completely agree with everything Sonia and Claire have said, but this is a job that it, it, it's all about. It's all about personality drive and attitude with a little bit of resilience thrown in. Yeah. Um because the, it, it, it's not a nine to five job. Um, it's not a tick box job. 
it is all about helping the customers that you've got in front of you. And you've got to remember that the first client that you might see at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, the last person that you see at five, six o'clock at night is just as important as the one that you saw at the beginning of the day. And I think sometimes in the, in the busyness of the nine to five or whatever hours that you operate in, you can be tired, you can be drained, and you've got to look after yourself and your own well-being, but the customer comes first in this. You won't mm-hmm. be a success unless you look after your customers really well. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Spot on. I think as well with this is you are effectively your business. You are your business. You are your brand. You can work within, you know, organisations such as, you know, Just Mortgages, NatWest, Mortgage Mum, but you, the advisor, are your business. And we going back to your original question, you know, what makes you a success? I genuinely believe that if you care about people, genuinely care about them um, and helping them, this is what will make you a success. Because the skills and the day-to-day bits of a job, like sourcing a mortgage, all that kind of stuff, you can um, learn. compliance, you can learn. We can teach you that. Your firms can teach you that. But the personality, that connection and being a genuinely nice person and caring about people, that comes from now, you. Now, I just, I just need to be careful here. We don't want to give people the false impression that uh-huh. advisors are genuinely nice people. Of course we are, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> No, that's fabulous. That's really good. That's really good. I Listen, always go. Oh, sorry, one last thing. No, no. I, always, yeah. I, always, I always joke that you, you can train people, systems, processes, etc., but you can't train a personality. So, yes. Um, yeah. no, absolutely true. It's that's a true. calling. It's a calling. <laughs> <laughs> Fab. Listen, guys, I, I, I'm going to wrap it up at this point because, uh, you know, we, I think uh, we've covered most of the topics that we wanted to cover. I hope we've uh, offered quite a bit of advice and and uh, you, you shared loads of experience, loads of knowledge there, which, as I say, I hope people, particularly those new to the industry, will find useful. So I do want to say thanks to Sonia, to Claire, to Greg and to all of you who've listened in today. I really hope you've enjoyed the recording and have learned something useful. If you have any requests or suggestions for future topics you'd like to hear about, or indeed, if you'd like to be part of the panel, please reach out to me. Uh, I can be found in, uh, I can be found by LinkedIn, as we talked about earlier, or by email, which is uh, gread at libf.ac.uk. I'd also like to take this opportunity to remind you that we have a channel dedicated to financial advisors as well. And on here, you'll find a whole range of topics of interest financial advisors and power planners Uh, these are discussed and facilitated by my colleagues Richard Cooper and John Somerville if you like what we do on here please comment and please visit our LIBF podcast channels thank you all very much for listening thanks for listening if you'd like to find out more about our qualifications training and upcoming events then go to libf.ac.uk we also have other podcast channels that dive into topics like trade finance financial advice, fintech, and more. You can find all of them at libf.ac.uk forward slash podcasts.